received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC 281 edition of Gamblue's Bout Business Podcast. As always, the first order of business is to thank the fight passionates, thousands that there are that listen in from every corner of the world, namely 13 to 16 various countries, depending on the podcast. We can't be more flattered that you tune in. Now let's get right into business. Last week, favorites 10 and one. That makes it tough on a struggling handicapper who's trying to find some value with plus number underdogs. In 2022, favorites are running a scorching 68% into this fight card. That is five percentage points higher than normal. They usually run 63, 63 and a half. As far as what we're doing, 97 wins against 119 losses, 44.9%. That's a few percentage points lower than what I should be doing. Last week, I have to note that I mentioned that we were at 97 wins, but when I inputted our poor data into the Excel file this week, I'm only getting 97 wins. So I'm believing that the logic of Excel is more accurate than the illogic of Uncle Lou. Bottom line is we walk into Today's event, minus 6.67 units, showing about a minus 3% ROI. And listen, I'm a competitive mamma jamma, and I hate to announce these results, but these results are what I've earned. Also, this is the first fiscal year of Gamblue's Bout Business podcast. When we drew up the podcast, the blueprint was for us to be up 600 units right now not down 6.6 units. That said, I can't control what happens. All I can do is dump my best into it. And so now we have five events remaining, five podcasts remaining. And what we would love to do here between Green Roll Media and Uncle Louie is show great profit in the last few weeks. That said, let me give us some advice. When I was a young handicapper and I'd be in this situation, my thought process was that I'm due. And really right now, as I sit here speaking with you all, I do believe I'm due. However, as a young man, we would simply ratchet down, double up our bets and start betting two and three units per swing. That I found through the school of hard luck is the ass backwards way to attack it. I look on Twitter today, I see a guy just put out a seven unit position. 
Now, these guys are playing Aesop's fables. They're not betting 70 cents, 700, 7,000, whatever their unit amount is. They're playing fool's gold. What we do is what we do. I'm not changing the wager amounts. I'm changing today maybe the amount of wagers we make, but our output's simply 6.5 units today. We have 11 releases, so there's a lot of half unit releases. But the last thing we're going to do, the last thing I'm going to do, is change what I do. If after this first year, the Gamble Bout Business Podcast, I show negative units, that's tough. That's the way it is, and that's what I earned. That said, you better watch out for me the next year because I don't run like this two years straight. Now, with all that being said, let's take a look at today's fight card. And you guys better get your pens out because we're going to go rapid fire. We have 11 releases, as mentioned. And we're going to start with the first one. And that's the second fight of the night. Bantamweights, Montel Jackson, and Julio Arce. Arce's plus 170. We're taking him for a half a unit. We love his experience. We love the fact that he is a New Yorker. We love the fact that he was once a 145er because as he's fighting now, 135, Jackson is the younger man, the taller man, the man with reach. Both these guys lefties. But the key to Arce fighting Jackson is that his body of work is better. His level of competition is better. And the fact that Arce fought at 145, Montel Jackson's size isn't going to scare him. Arce's used to dealing with bigger men. So we're going to start with Arce and then move right into the featherweight fight that follows. That is Singwoo Choi against Mike Trezano. Interested in this fight because Trezano waited until two minutes left in the weigh-in process to weigh in. He was drawn, wobbly, and he missed weight. Trezano's a warrior. He's a New Yorker, so he's a local. That said, he's in a real bad spot against a kid in Choi that arguably is on a fast track in the UFC. He's had a few setbacks. Choi's going to have a slight reach advantage here, and he's also a favorite. So what we're going to do, understanding that when we look at DraftKings and see that the fight goes to decision is minus 175, I think I agree with that. Hey, Trezano, even though he missed, he's going to come in proud and focused. And I think that he makes it to decision. So this next release, Choi via decision plus 170 for a half a unit. We'll skip a fight, and we're going to go to the lightweights, the potato gate fight. Matt, the steamroller Frivola, who fights out of Sarah Longo in New York, local, against Ottoman Azatar. Azatar, if you'll remember, is the guy on Fight Island whose brothers were sneaking a bag of, they said it was potatoes. Uh, it was a smelly situation, but now... Uh, these two guys get reunited because it was the Frivola fight that this happened in. Looking at the competition for each of these guys, it's weak. But understanding how each man fights, I think this is a good setup for Izatar. Why? Frivola's got a balsa wood beak. Izatar has power out his ass. Now, if Frivola can get this fight into the middle of the second round, I think Izatar might 
slow down a little bit and Frivola can wrestle, but this fight ain't going that far. This particular fighter, Azatar's got profuse power. And on this fight, we'll take a slight favorite, Azatar, and we're going to take him inside the distance. At DraftKings, you have to look for via KO, sub, or DQ. It's the same thing. Ottoman, Azatar, KO, sub, or DQ, plus 110, another half a unit. We'll go next to the flyweight division, and we'll get a couple of really talented ladies. Meatball Molly McCann ships in from England. She has tremendous popularity. She's limited as a fighter. But in the fighter interviews, I went from really, I don't want to say I didn't like her, but I was anxious to fade her because I thought her skills were so sophomoric because I thought her skills were really not quite developed enough to be a mixed martial artist in the UFC. But with grit, she's won a few fights and she finds herself in Madison Square Garden against Erin Blanchfield. As much as I respect Molly McCann for having a really great head on her shoulders, she's very limited as a fighter. Blanchfield comes into this fight opening minus 500. She's now minus 390. So Molly's getting some love and that's great. And if this fight stays on the feet, it's gonna be highly competitive. That said, this fight's not staying on the feet. Molly McCann has no ground ability whatsoever. Blanchfield is a savant submission specialist. So for this round, Aaron Blanchfield inside the distance, or in other words, KO, sub, or DQ is plus 200. And you know the gig by now, another half a unit. Now we'll move up and we're going to go to another lightweight fight, Renato Moicano and Brad Rydell. This should be a great stylistic fight. Moicano, arguably the more well-rounded guy. He's four inches taller, two years older, has a slight reach advantage, and he'll arguably have an advantage on the floor. Rydell comes in undersized, as he always does, off a couple of losses, one to Rafael Faziv. No shame there. The other one submitted by Turner in his last fight. A poor performance. Rydell needs a win. And in this fight, I think the difference between these two is Rydell's speed, his quickness. He's younger. He's hungry coming off those two losses. And he's a volume fighter. I think Moicano is just too darn slow to get past Rydell in this fight. Rydell comes in close to a pick. He's plus 105. I like it. Half a unit, Brad Rydell, plus 105. Now we'll go into the next fight. The fight opens the main card up. Again, it's lightweights. Dan Hooker, Claudio Puelas. We released Puelas last week, or I should say two weeks ago, plus 140. Currently, his pricing is closer to plus 120 or 125. So we got a little line value with the Peruvian fighter. That said, he's in for a real tussle here against Dan Hooker. Hooker's an inch taller, six years older, and has three inches of reach. Hooker's primarily a striker, but make no mistake about it, he can wrestle, he can grapple. He's going to have a stand-up advantage over Puyas 
And I believe in the first round, he's going to look like lightning and Poyas, the Peruvian, is going to have to weather a storm. But this fight gets to round two. It's the youth of Poyas against Hooker, who's got a little bit of a suspect chin, and I believe his cardio is suspect as well. He's cut, he's ripped, but this is Poyas's day. And I think we see a changing of the guard here. Claudio Poyas plus 140. That's a full unit bet because that's how we released it two weeks ago. Next fight is really the banner fight of the whole card. We got Frankie Edgar, a famous New Yorker, a walk into the Hall of Fame UFC fighter fighting Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez comes in 10 years younger, three inches taller, and believe it or not, Frankie has an inch reach advantage. This is Frankie's 30th UFC bout. Frankie's been knocked out a couple times in his last few fights. We got to watch that. But to me, Gutierrez, young and fierce as he is, who has he fought? This is such a big step up for him. Donna Bacharel, Philippe Corrales, Andre Uhl. None of those guys compare to anyone that Frankie's fought or fought in the last few years. I believe that this fight line two and a half over minus 165 screams some form of decision. If Frankie Edgar in Madison Square Garden in front of his peeps, even though Gutierrez is from New York, if Frankie Edgar can fight well and make a close decision go to the end of the scorecards, I think it's going to be really, really hard for him to get beat. We're going to release Frankie Edgar via decision plus 330. That's 0.3 of a unit. All we're going to try and do is scrape a unit off the table if Frankie wins a decision. And if he doesn't, we don't lose so much. Next fight, Poirier and Chandler. What a war. Poirier inch taller. Poirier's three years younger. And you really wouldn't know that because they've both been in wars and Poirier's taken a lot of attrition, but so is Michael Chandler. Poirier's probably the more meticulous fighter. He's probably the more deliberate fighter. Chandler, where he is explosive and fast and quick and powerful, Poirier has power, but it's more accrued through volume and time. If this fight hits the third round, Poirier's going to win. But I don't think it's going to hit the third round. I don't know if it's going to hit the second round. I like Chandler in this fight. He's plus 185. I will also put another half unit on Michael Chandler just straight up at plus 185. Now we saunter right into the co-main event of the evening. Weili Zhang, Carla Esparza for the straw weight belt. This fight really seems one-dimensional to me because Esparza is so one-dimensional. Will Wei Li Jing be able to keep this fight in the center of the octagon and carve Carla up like a Christmas goose? Or will Esparza be successful in pressing the Chinese fighter against the fence into close quarters where she can grapple, maybe even take this thing to the floor? It should be really a fascinating fight. That said, I look for Zhang to do to Esparza what Joanna did seven years ago, only more fierce. Zhang has profuse power. She's explosive. She's conditioned. I just don't know how Carla stays up with her. 
this release will be Zhang inside the distance, or again, via KO sub DQ. That's a plus 100 proposition. Happy to put a half a unit on that one. Now let's move into a parlay. Now I'm going to double up on a couple of these. I got to use the Philadelphia grappler Petrovsky. This dude is an absolute monster. Claims he's the best grappler in the, in the division. And if he can dispose of Wellington Terman here, I'm, I'm going to believe him. Now in this fight, Terman's Brazilian jiu-jitsu savant himself. But I've been taught world-class wrestling is kryptonite to world-class BJJ. The issue with Terman is he's going to want to keep it on the feet. He's more developed and more fluent on the feet and with his striking than Petrosky. Petrosky's got to get this thing to the ground, get on top, and when he does, he'll rain some ground and pound. I like Andre Petrosky a good deal in this fight. He's minus 195. I'm going to take him and we're going to double up and use Blanchfield, who's minus 390. And then we're going to go ahead again and we're going up to Wiley Zhang, who's minus 325. This parlay is going to fill out the Frankie Edgar 0.3 units because we're going to use a 0.7 unit on a parlay three teams, or I should say three fighters. Petrosky minus 195, Blanchfield minus 390, Zhang minus 325. 0.7 of a unit returns 1.04. And now let's talk about the main event. What a main event we have. And I'll tell you, I've been strong all these weeks long. This fight, the price opened in June for Israel Adesanya. But this Pereira scares the bejeebies out of me. Here's a guy walks around at 230, cuts weight to 185. He weighed in at 186 or 185.8 this morning at 854, six minutes before the limit. But he looked okay. When he gets into the octagon tomorrow night, Pereira will weigh 225, 226. Izzy will weigh 202, 203. So there's going to be a huge size difference here. But... There is also a huge footwork difference, skill level difference, speed difference, quickness difference. All of those traits go to the Adesanya side. So the style in this fight is Pereira is going to walk Israel Adesanya down and force him to fight. And Izzy's going to have to use the large cage, which they'll be employing in Madison Square Garden, to maintain distance, use angles, use his leg game, meaning he will be kicking Pereira's legs, and find a way to take the steam out of this monster Pereira. Pereira has had difficulty in his mere three UFC fights after it gets out of one. He can tire. This is five rounds of fighting. If Adesanya can work his magic, play his matrix defense, and force Pereira into stalking him down for 10 minutes, and this fight gets into the third round, I firmly believe Adesanya is in favor here. I look for Adesanya to finish Pereira. That said, it's not out of the question that Pereira finds Izzy. I think it's unlikely, but I have to consider Pereira a real threat to Adesanya. So where are we going on this main event? I'll tell you where we're going. 
We're going to the fight does not go to the distance. That's currently priced at DraftKings at minus 110. We will use a unit, one unit to win 0.9 units on the main event does not go the distance. Now fight enthusiasts, we've changed it up a little bit. We're investing 6.5 units when normally we invest four and a half or five. So our investment is up a little bit. Our releases are way up, but it isn't for anything other than I really like all these fights. I'm not afraid to fire on fights provided I see angles, opportunity, or advantage. Now, let's talk about the fights we left off. Ulberg Negrimanu, first fight of the night. I love Negrimanu. He stepped on the scale one minute before the weigh-ins ended, and he made weight, and he looks okay. The issue is he opened plus 170, and now he's plus 105. I can't take that now. I'm getting the worst of it. Won't do it. How about the next fight, which is Juarez and Kowalkiewicz? Carolina is done. I just don't know how she wins this fight. That said, again, pricing. Juarez, the Argentinian fighter, opens plus 155. Now she's minus 110. Unfortunately, guys, we missed the boat there too. So there's a couple of them that I was probably asleep on and they got away from us. Can't use them. How about Reyes and Spahn? Holy smokes. First of all, Dom Reyes, to me, might be the most fragile mentally fighter I've seen in a long time now. I hope he comes out and looks good, but I got no clue where his head's at. Span came out and missed weight by two pounds right at the cutoff. So he's losing money. He was drawn. He looked a little bit discouraged. I just don't know how this fight goes. One thing I do feel strongly about is that it doesn't go to the distance. That said, when looking at that price, fight does not go to the distance. That's an easy minus 360. Therefore, we pass. Last. Main event, it took me a while to come to the fight, does not go to the distance, but I really like the position. One way or another, I don't think we're gonna see a decision here. So what we'll do, we will do our accounting, figure out our profit, and we will move into next week. So until next week, I'm wishing all the fight enthusiasts that listen to us, good luck at the fights. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak with you next week. Locked into Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finacaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Oh, hand is ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Bam! The legs go. I mean, that is clean. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.